Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the Chips and Bits podcast. Chips and Bits podcast. Uh, it feels like we were just here. It feels like we were just talking about Battle Chasers. It does. It feels like it was just yesterday. Just yesterday. But no, it was almost a month ago. It was. Whew, time flies. Time flies when you're talking about Battle Chasers, just like the battles in Battle Chasers. I... <laughs> I'm your host this month, Matthew Anderson. With me as always, Kenny Myers. That's me. Can I say my fucking name? Go for it. Uh, Kenny Myers. Hey, Kenny. Hey, host. Welcome, listeners. Uh, Welcome. We, uh, just to follow our new, we're we're upgrading. We're becoming professional podcasters. You have the list and you didn't share it with me. And as part of that, we want to make sure we do boring housekeeping things right at the beginning of the podcast. So we're sponsored by Squarespace. (laughs) If we're not. They don't only. know who we are. If only. Yeah, we take that Squarespace money. We appreciate your iTunes reviews. If you like the podcast, um, go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a review. Uh, it's okay if it's not five stars. We're not picky. We just want reviews. No, we really want five star reviews. Kenny wants the five star ones. I'll take anything I can get. Yeah. Uh, we're also on Patreon. It's a site where you can give us anything from a penny to a million dollars per episode. A million dollars. And every time we release an episode, that pays for some of our stuff. And um, if you pledge a million dollars per episode, look forward to 22 episodes. That's right. Uh, so you can find us on Patreon. That's chips and bits, all one word. Uh, and then you can also find us on our website. There's, you know, you don't have to listen to the podcast on iTunes or anything like that. You can go no. to the website. We have our notes up there. They're, you can stare at an image from the game and listen to the podcast. They're funny. We we, we take notes and we link them to the funny parts. Stretching it, but yeah. Well, funny. Not last month they were weren't funny because Kenny did them, but this month they'll they'll be funny. There we go. Back to funny. Yeah. So this month we're talking about. What remains of Edith Finch? Mm, what does remain of Edith Finch? Nothing. Nothing remains of Edith Finch. She's dead. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's remains in the in the dead thing, in the 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 ground. <laughs> that might be the greatest spoiler we've ever done. <laughs> there are remains of Edith uh, Finch. What remains remain of Edith Finch? <laughs> uh, so, spoiler alert, we spoil video games on our podcast. It's on, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, but you know, every once in a while, someone just goes to iTunes and searches for video games and somehow skips the first hundred podcasts that are, you know, more listened to Maybe than Maybe you can put this in the notes. And then hits subscribe and listens to this as their first podcast and gets Edith Finch spoiled for them. Yep. I feel like if you're listening to a gaming podcast about a specific game you gotta go and embrace yourself yeah okay all right so uh yeah this isn't i i mean i gotta ask i'm so curious matt what did you think of this game i have many thoughts about this game okay um i thought it was fine i loved this game (laughs) okay really (laughs) i did even the shark part i did there's not a whole lot to love about the shark part What's what remind me of the shark part? The shark part is when you are playing as her. Uh, let's see, would it have been cousin, niece? I don't know. No, aunt. Uh huh. But her aunt when she's a little kid. Yeah. 
which is we'll get into it. But anyways, uh, you take possession of her body, and she is having a dream sequence. Yeah. Uh, arguably, she's probably hallucinating because she ate some berries and some toothpaste and shit. Yeah. Uh, and she's a cat. Uh huh. And you're trying to chase the bird. Yeah. And then you're an owl. Yeah. And then you're a shark. Yeah. No, now but I remember. I love it. But you're a shark that fell out of the sky and is rolling down the hill into trees. Oh my God, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was not hilarious. It was dumb as fuck. No, it was really cool. <laughs> it was so stupid. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was so goofy. It, yeah, goofy to the point where I was like, what the hell am I playing right now? No, I mean, that's why I like the game. Yeah. You know, I feel like this game does a really good job with mystery and it doesn't try to answer it. That's what I love about this game. No, that part's great. Well, I, I just think, look, there was a way that you could have also achieved this game's that. fucked up. You could have achieved that without a shark rolling down a hill. Also, right? this game's in the Pacific Northwest, our favorite it is. location. It's great. Not just the Pacific Northwest, like Orcas Island and a lot of cool places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about the um, home invasion scene? That was intense. Oh, that was creepy. Yeah, that was It really was creepy. so good at so many different tones. Or the baby in the tub scene, which was baby in the tub so was terrible. sad. Yeah. The home Terri- invasion wait, one. Like, you mean terrible, like sad, terrible. Right? Terrible, like, yeah, I was having a difficult time playing it. I was like, yeah. I don't, I know, I knew exactly what was going to happen as soon as it started. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to play through this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose before we get too far, we should try to describe the premise of this game. Well, the thing that got me interested in this game is I was watching someone on YouTube and they described it as gone home, but a game. <laughs> and funny. i thought it was i thought it was really funny description i mean i love god home and i do think it's a game but i thought that that was enough that i was like ah that's interesting i've had a couple people ask me like what's it like too and and my description so far has been do you know what people call walking simulators yeah and they're like, it's like yeah. firewatch but with a satisfying ending i was like so this is more like a story simulator except it's more like gone home and less like firewatch right that's how i've described it in that it has like gone home Really good conclusion. Yeah, compelling reason to keep playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then an interesting ending. Other than it's just good looking, which it is a good looking game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. I mean, it's not great. It's a, it's not as stylized as Firewatch, but it's about as good looking as Gone Home. Yeah, as good looking as Gone Home. Yeah. Which isn't that great. I mean, it's good enough. It's fine. It's, it's, not, like, it's know, not distracting. Basic, threw some unreal textures together type thing. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I love um, this game. It, uh, the, the basic premise... A basic premise is that you are a young girl named Edith, mm-hmm. and you have returned... Or are you? Or are you? Yeah, it's not... By the end, you're not sure. Uh, you've returned home to your childhood home, and uh, you don't know why or what you're going to find. Um, and you start exploring this home, and in exploring it, you are learning the stories of your other family members that were kept hidden from you by your mother. Right. Yep. And you are telling those stories. Yeah, you are narrating and the drawing thing. them. Yep, you draw them, you write them in books, you find other people's letters, and as you read them, there's sort of this flashback mechanic where you live out the letter or the, the news story or whatever it is that's telling the story of this family member. You live out that story. Right. And some of them are absolutely insane. And it, the, the central concept is the family believes that they're cursed. The family believes that they're cursed, and there's a question as to whether they are actually cursed or if the belief of that curse is actually the curse. Right, which is just great writing. Yeah, it's totally, totally amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and essentially that curse manifests in the fact that everyone either dies early or of some tragic, crazy, death. crazy way. Yes. And you are the last remaining member of the family. Right. To that extent, like everyone else has died in some crazy way. Right. And you're all that's left. And the house itself... Is insane. It's really cool. It's really neat design. 
It's like an old house in the Pacific Northwest in yeah. the middle of the woods in a, but like, on a beach. On a beach, but um, on a beach in like a canyon sort of thing. Yeah, in a canyon with like a little, uh, like a crested mountain and then a whole bunch of other weird things built on top of the house right. as the family grew. Which also is kind of weird because so like the, the, another weird uh, premise of the game is that as each family member has died, uh, the, one of the remaining family members, your mom in this story, went around and like sealed everything, sealed off. all of their rooms, yeah, so you can't get into them, so and, and left them the way that they were. So instead of like using those rooms and having a normal sized house. Everyone still lives in the house, but instead they built additions onto it, but not normal additions. These are like crazy, like circus style, like tents and science labs, like weird shit just built on the top of the house. It goes up into the sky. It's kind of crazy. I mean, you get that the shark was the girl rolling down the hill. No, it w- it wasn't. No. Okay. I, no. No. Well, th- it blurs- my, my interpretation of that in whole sequence was the girl got up in the middle of the night. She ate poisonous berries. Right. She ate uh, another thing of poison. She ate a whole bunch of toothpaste and a couple other things. And then the entire sequence that then was her death was her hallucinating these things. Right. So you play her hallucinations. Right. Which was her being an owl, her being a shark. A falling shark. Her being a monster. That uh, part was really cool. Do you remember the monster sequence? No. Where you were like a slug monster that could like grab humans and eat them? Oh, yeah, I do that remember that. That was fucking cool. Oh, I, so I played this game a, a while back before. It was one of those games that I just started and then I d- couldn't put it down. I mean, I played it all the way through. It's only, nights. it's like a six hour game. Maybe even four. I think yeah. I finished it and it's very quick. It is a two night game. And I just, I, the, I think I just, the darkness and sadness of this game are. Are, are like a sort of beautiful sadness. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very sweet and endearing the way the story is told about each of these characters. And But the sadness that follows it is very, very real. It feels very well-crafted. Yeah. And I'm surprised you say it was fine. Yeah, it was. I mean, there, it's one of those things where um, I, I'm not sure how to describe it. I thought there were so many things about the game that were really awesome and compelling. I mean... The story is amazing. How you, um, how the narration takes place, but also as uh, uh, directions. Uh, like uh, she'll, Edith will be walking somewhere, and she'll say something like, um, "There'll be t- multiple different directions you could go in," and she'll say, "It's been a while since I came back to the house," and the text will appear on the screen in the direction that you should walk. Yeah, it just these subtle cues of like I could go anywhere, but I bet I'm probably supposed to follow this wording that's on the screen. Right, and then I remember the lock was difficult to open, and the wording would write over top of the lock, and you know you're supposed to look down at the lock and play with the lock to open it. Right, bunch of cool stuff. I like forgot that. that the words came alive on the screen; that they the letters actually showed up and like. Yeah, and there's actually some. There's like one sequence in particular where you are one of her brothers, I think, and you're flying the kite. In order to continue the story, you have to find the words on the screen and fly the kite through the words right. to make the wind pick up the words and turn them into a sentence. So there's a lot of interaction in the game with the story, like like the physical manifestation of the story you actually interact with. Right. Um, the characters are interesting. The story is great. Um, the progression of the game up until the very end was pretty cool. Um, I felt like everything had a lot of weight. Um, and and the central mystery of what exactly was going on yeah, was why it was compelling. Happening. Yeah. Um, and then to a certain extent at the very end, they just sort of like, it was one after and it was like, okay, you, you've kind of got this. Boom, 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 boom. The last four stories just were there. It yeah. kind of just spoon fed to you. So I thought it kind of like uh, it was rushed. 
at the, at the end a little bit. Mm-hmm. But no, I think there was something about um, overall the sort of there was a, a, a cheapness. I don't. I'm trying to think of a better word, but there was a cheapness to the feel of some of the games and the mechanics that I couldn't get away from most of the time. Yeah. Almost like very similar to Gone Home, where there were times I would just struggle with the movement or why I couldn't press a certain button um, or why sometimes I pressed the trigger and the whole animation happened and other times I'd press the trigger and nothing would happen. Oh, I'm supposed to move the book. Right. Things like that that just got in the way of keeping me in the game and making me feel like I was part of the game. Yeah. It would snap me back out of it over and over again. So things like the shark scene were, why am I pressing R to bounce a shark off the ground down a hill into tree? Like, it just seems like yeah. it's, it's too much a distortion of reality here. Not just that actual a shark in the woods, but the mechanics to make that scene take place yeah. felt like... Useless. I just did, wish I didn't have to do it. Yeah. So that's why I say was there were some things that, that distracted me from the game being great. Right. And I, and and I agree with you on that point. Like I remember it being a little a little rough on yeah, the edges. Yeah, it's a and bit it wasn't as polished to say something like Battle Chasers. Yeah. Just speaking of something we haven't spoken about in a while. Yeah. Uh. But I just I mean, this to me was the best walking simulator i've played yeah i really i really i really liked gone home but i thought there was a lot of um i mean it was it was really good it was really good and it it was it was just a slower pace this one i felt like you know games are generally about reward systems i felt like everything was rewarded i mean even the shark story is is actually a tale of this this poor little girl's like death which Mm -hmm. of course what a great reward. I wish I hadn't used that word to describe this mechanic <laughs> in this game. You know, when the baby drowns in the bathtub. Oh, it's just like... <sighs> just such a reward. I, and then you get like 30 gold, <laughs> yeah. I think, and 5 XP. Uh, no, I mean, it, just like uh, emotional touchstones, I guess. Like even that it was still so sad and, and it was... I don't know. It, it, it's one of those games that I feel like if you play at the wrong time... Oh sure, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. won't land as well. Oh no, absolutely. Well, Gone Home again. The the nearest comparison was the same way. I mean, you play Gone Home in the wrong mindset. Pff, good luck. Yeah. Um. But yeah, now I, you reminded me of something that I was the, one of the things I was most impressed by in this game, s- simply because with so little to work with, uh, you know, I, the thing that I would struggle with from a creative standpoint is how are we going to get, um all of the distance out of these tiny little plot points. Like, how are we going to stretch this into something that can actually be compelling? And I was surprised how much distance they were able to use the fact that uh, Edith doesn't know these stories to their effect. Yeah. I mean, you you know that stuff is, like, so essentially, at, at the highest level, you know only as much as she does as you're playing the game. And what she reveals to you is that your family has a curse, you're the only one left, everyone's dead, there's these funny things in the house, things are boarded up. That's about all that you discover at first. Right. Then you learn these... And it's creepy as fuck. Look. It's very creepy. Yeah. Then you learn these sometimes horrific and tragic ways that her 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 family members passed away. Yeah. You live those things, right? So she's kind of living them through as right. you're doing this. Sometimes you live the metaphor of the thing. Correct. Correct. Like the shark. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> but the impressive thing to me was at the end of that, right? In any other story or game... Uh, that would just sort of be it. Like, okay, cool, I learned that thing, move on, what's next? And somehow, the mechanic where 
she just realized what happened to that family member yeah. was always there un- underlining the story. Yeah. And so it wasn't just the tragedy of you learning that thing. It was the tragedy of then you be reminded, oh shit, she just learned that. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Like that's really shitty. Yeah. Um, and I, so yeah, anyways, I was just surprised at how compelling a, a story mechanic yeah. that one nugget was. Uh, talk a little bit about the home invasion sequence, because I remember it just being so creepy. Yeah, so the home invasion sequence involves one of her other... It's two of the sisters. One of them yeah, is like the I boyfriend. Yeah, I think it's another one of her aunts. Yeah. Um, and she was a childhood star that uh-huh. was known for being in horror films because she had the best scream. And she was a comic book. Yeah, so that, that one plays out as um, she finds a comic book that was written about her aunt's death. Right. Um, and told in this like campy horror, totally way. campy. Um, so you play through a comic book of her sister, the night her sister died, and the longest story short of the story is that supposedly she's at home with her current boyfriend, and her boyfriend's trying to uh, prepare her for a um, like a, a local presentation at like a, 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 a meeting of influential people, uh-huh. and she's going to like do her scream. Yeah. At this event, and it's going to be the first time she's done her scream in a long time. So he's trying to basically get her to practice her scream as being very critical, like, hey, your scream's not what it used to be. Right. Like, this is really weird. And he ends up going downstairs uh, and not coming back. Typical horror trope, right? right? He goes off, doesn't come back. So she goes looking for him, and it's very creepy. You eventually find him. He's hiding in a fridge, and he's dressed up as a werewolf. Yeah. And he was trying to get you so scared that you would give your traditional scream and instead you like punch him in the face right and he gets really upset and leaves then someone like someone comes to the house with like an axe and a mask on and so there's a couple things at play for this sequence the whole time this has also been happening there's a radio that's on and the radio is broadcasting that there's been these people dressed up in cuz it's Halloween or something. Right. These people dressed up in costumes terrorizing local people with weapons. Right. So you have no idea once the home invasion happens is this in this, your aunt's imagination is this a random intruder is it this band of people or is it your boyfriend trying to scare you again? Right. And you have to go all through the house following this person, trying to attack them, whatever, whatever. And then in the very end, you feel like you the person has left and you're alone in the house. And then there's a knock at the door. So you go to the door and there's nobody there. And then you hear voices and you turn around and it's staged like it's a surprise party. Yeah. But it's a, it's a surprise party full of monsters, creatures, and villains. Right. That are here to witness your best performance of your lifetime, your final scream. Right. And then she dies, and it never gets revealed in the comic or in the game story. Right. Who killed her? Who it was? What Like those three things I mentioned, which one of those it actually was? I just got tingles listening to you talk about that. Creepy as fuck. It was so good, though. But It was, yeah. You know, that's coupled with the story where you're swinging on a swing, and it, you keep pressing to go higher that was and my, higher. That was the worst one And higher, me. and then you fly off the, the swing into the sky, essentially. So again, you know, remember how I just uh, talked about the sort of like the importance and, and the, the weight of the story arc where she is experiencing these things? And yeah. just how powerful I felt that it was that she just doesn't know this shit. Yeah. That one to me, of all this, even more than the baby drowning, 
yeah. affected me on such a deep level yeah. because you have to do it, first of all. Like, you know from the very beginning, based on how they describe what's going to happen, what is going to happen. You don't know where exactly what you know he's going to die, and you right. know he's going to die from flying off of a swing. Right. That particular story is told from his other brother, who at this point in time in the game and in, in, in this kid's life was still alive. Mm-hmm. So you're you're reading this, the retelling of one of your brother's deaths from your other brother narrating the story. Right. And it was just like, oh my God. Wasn't it, he pushing him? No, no. He's okay. not pushing him. But he was. He told him, uh, they, they had a sibling rivalry, and he told him, you won't be able to do it, and challenged him to the point where he tried so hard to swing the swing all the way around the tree that he flew off the swing over the cliff and into the ocean. It's all coming back oh to me. Oh, God. It was just brutal. I mean... It's funny just hearing your description of it because I remember feeling like really haunted by the game, but it's a much different experience being told about what happens mm-hmm. than experiencing it. Yeah. Because it, it, I mean, it definitely builds like that, but it's measured enough than in this compact like idea of what's happening because you're still discovering. Like yeah. when you have the sense of discovery, you're trying to figure out, out is this going to be like a fantasy game? Is mm-hmm. this going to be. You know, it doesn't really hit until the end that they, they're not going to answer any of that for you, whether or not it's it's practical or mystical what happens to this family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they throw another little little knife cut at the end there. Well, they throw, uh, arguably for me, they threw two. Yeah. So the first one was, by by the end of the game, there's this suggestion or maybe some sort of hint that her grandma, um, who paints... And writes and does all these things. Who's also named Edith. Who's also named, yeah, she's the original Edie. Um, that somehow, like, they, they make this hint that somehow the th- she's getting old and crazy. And that somehow the things that she thinks or believes or writes or paints or whatever happen. Yeah. And so, like, there's a scene at the very end before your your mom actually decides, okay, we're leaving here. We're leaving this place. We're going to go live our life somewhere else. And abandoning and abandoned, like leaving your grandma there to yeah. like die on her own. Right. Um, you like sneak into your grandma's library and you find the a letter that's written to you, and you start reading it. Yeah. And it's about the night that you left, but you haven't left yet. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit! And so there's this suggestion that maybe if you finish reading this letter, you're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> and your mom finds you and interrupts you and like takes the letter away and then drives off and leaves your grandma standing on the porch. Right. Um, so that was the first twist where it was like, so wait, is it a curse or is it just someone suggested it was a curse and the family believed it was a curse so much that, you know, some of that stuff played out or was it like constructed from your grandma's and crazy imagination? And then she like brought it into existence. Right. That was the first one. And then the second one, of course, is that like, you may have actually this whole time been playing the letter that you wrote to your kid. Right. He's now left and standing at your grave. Right. No, I think that's not a may. I think it's a definite yes. <laughs> yeah. So the narrator has been dead the whole time. Yeah. The narrator has been dead. And it, it seems to imply that she died during the birth of the actual character. It does playing. appear to imply that, yes. Which is just like this really sad ending. It's this like. But it leaves it open for sequels. It's like this, of course. You know, it's <laughs> one of those like at the end of playing this game, oh, yeah. of course, she made yeah. it all the way to this. The last, she's the last remaining member of the family. Yeah. And so she can't die until there's some, someone else to take her place. Yeah. Right. And so the instant that she gives birth to another finch, yeah. uh, see you later. And that Campo Santo 
is how you end a game with a little bit of mystery left, but still have a resolution. I wasn't expecting such like a direct snub there with the. I was so disappointed in the ending of Firewatch <laughs> that I've dragged it into like seven thousand other podcasts. That is that is though how you. I mean, it's a very serious, uh, heart wrenching, yeah, experience. It and is. So they could have done anything. They could have made it a happy ending. They could have made it a sad ending. They could have, and instead they. It was did... like a bittersweet ending. Yeah, they... because she was very sweet to her son. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, it was, she's dead. Yeah. Yeah, totally dead. God, this game. Now I want to replay it. You should. It's very short. It's easy to replay. It's easy to replay. But again, like, I think it, it, like, I would come in more analytical than I was before. But when I played this, it just hit me at the right time where I just instantly fell in love. I think it was, like, winter. And I was, like, in one, uh, in, like, a mood. And I just, like, was probably procrastinating and feeling bad about doing it. And, like, this is, like, the best game for when you're feeling bad about everything yeah. to play. Uh, because it's so sad that it just, that you feel a, that, that weird thing you get when you listen to sad music when you're, when you're feeling like that. I just thought it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, don't get me wrong. I thought it was a very well done game. I loved, yeah. loved the story. It's and hard I, to describe the mechanics because they are very situational. Yeah. But it's mostly just a walking simulator, though. Yeah. And so, you know, I guess, so I just played it. It It is a very bittersweet, very melancholy experience. Yeah. So if I, so if I was to take my fine review and change it in any direction, it would be a fine moving towards, you know, the extremely positive. Yeah. Um, it was just that like, I, there was, there was so much, um, uh, meaning and potential in this game that, that if it was something where like, oh, they got this totally wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Then I wouldn't feel as bad about it, but for some reason, because it was such, the, it was these tiny things that pulled me out of the, the game's reality and made me remember I was playing this game. Yeah. That's what bothers me the most about it. Had they just been able to get some of those things just just right, it could like, it would have been a really really good game. Yeah, and I just wasn't pulled out of it like that. Like yeah. I, that detail didn't bother me because I was so just taken by what was was happening on screen mm-hmm. like i i was like yeah this is an indie game like that was pretty much yeah. it <laughs> yeah like yeah, yeah yeah this game you know this is a small team mm-hmm. um but i mean i feel like it's so cheap and it's so good that ever like the story's so good that everyone should play this game. oh yeah absolutely this is this is a 100 percent. even if you decide you hate it it was, it was worth playing for the amount of investment you have to give to it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's you get you'll get paid back. It's a it's a spades. It's a beautiful game in its sort of sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it tries to do some really amazing, difficult things in a short, which is also even more impressive. Like they they do so many things with such a very simple idea in a short period of time. That part in in and of itself is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yep. And it's good, and it's not, it's not too long. It feels perfect mm-hmm. in its in its length. So there you go. Go, uh, uh, go, yeah. go be, go be a little sad for four hours. Yeah, and creeped out, and a shark, all those things. Yeah, if you're feeling down, a floppy shark. If you're feeling down, you want some some reinforcement. Or if you're feeling up and feel like you shouldn't be so happy. Yeah, yeah. You need some Greek. This tra- is the game for Greek, you. Greek tragedy yeah. in your life. Some yeah. sharky, some sharky Greek tragedy. Some sharky Greek tragedy. Uh, yeah. So that's what remains of Edith Finch. Uh, thank you as always for joining us. Yeah. We always appreciate your ears yeah, and your iTunes reviews. Yes, especially your <laughs> iTunes reviews, uh, but we'll, mostly your ears. We will be back next month 
talking about God of God War. Of War. Yeah, oh yeah. man, a completely different game. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, but with death. Yeah, still some death. Still lots some of death. death. Still yeah. lots of death. Uh, thanks. I'm Matthew Anderson. Across from me, Kenny Myers. Loves to say his own name. Thanks for joining us. See you next month. <laughs>